Blog Talk Radio. You saw me crying in the jail. The tears I shed were tears of joy. I know the meaning of contentment. Now I'm Still plain and simple child Where humble people go to pray I pray the Lord that I'll grow strong As I live from day to day I've served but I couldn't find no way to gain peace of mind. Now I'm happy and the child where people are of one accord. Yes, we gather in the church. Decide you want an ad, there's two ways to do it. You can either send me the ad and I will read it, 
or you can send it to me in MP3 format and I will play it. I will run the ad for 30 days for 10 bucks. And I'm, I usually do four shows a week. Sometimes I don't. But I will run the ad for 30 days, whether I do the four shows a week or whether I have to roll shows over. You will get 30 days. You can't go anywhere and do a $10 ad for 30 days. Trust me. I've priced them. You could multiply that times 100, and that's what it would cost you. Figure that one out. So with that being said, I want to welcome Diane Mode, who has been with me for a while. She's got a new book in her Sam Holden series, who is our favorite vigilante. And um, I'll show you, thank you, you put Diane Mode on your number one bestseller list. The third book in the series is called Dog Bones. Sam Holden's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mote everywhere ebooks are sold. And if you haven't started the series yet, ladies and gentlemen, you can start it for free. The first book in the series, Dog Gone, is now free on Amazon. Doggone by Diane Moat. Jay Traveler Pelston, who has also been on the show, has just released two books. The first one is Kai Dante's Strategium. And it goes like this. People are so happy about the destruction of the anti-fertility virus that they want Kai to run for president. Kai Dante for president, indeed. The Oberlins are back and are successful in diverting the virus that is destroying the fertility of the populace. But in return... Sanctuary is attacked and the family members are scattered to fight radiation sickness alone. Given only a strange poem to use, will Kai and her brother Micah figure out the puzzle before they all die? Who in the family will survive to destroy the tyrant running the brotherhood? The second book that she has released, Clan Falconer's War, is a fantasy set in the future medieval times after the big war. Lucian thought that as the youngest son of the manor, his future would be as simple as the land-owning farmer who raised good horses and went up to the manor to visit the family for holidays. After all, there were seven brothers older than he with much more entitlement to the inheritance. However, through a massacre and magic, the simple acceptance of a quiet life was going to come to a roaring end as he ends up leading the forces of his clan and the kingdom against an evil greater than any wizard had ever faced an evil led by his own brothers. Will he, his clan, and Falcon Crest survive the war? I want to welcome two new sponsors, um, Jess, with Audio Bookworm Promotions. And if you haven't checked her site out, you need to go check because she has an Adopt an Audio Book program. And she goes, Adopt, Don't Shop for Your Next Audio Book Favorite. The Adopt an Audio Book program has new releases and audio books for every genre. All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's the key. They're free. You get a, a, a code to download, but when you agree to the free book, you have to do a review. Simply listen and share your thoughts. Audiobookwormpromotions.com. Adopt an audiobook. And y'all might remember Amy Law. She was on this show. We left for an hour. My sides were hurting when I hung up from talking with her. Oh, and she and I will be doing a show once a month after the first of the year, so it should get hysterically funny. She's a comedian and an actor that lives in Atlanta, and she has a unique outlook on life. Most people had to hide their failures, but Amy wrote a whole book about hers. It's called The Book of Failures. The book opens with, I have been married for 20 years, not to the same people, but 20 years nonetheless. The book talks about relationships, how hard it is to blend a family, and just funny failures of everyday life. The reason it's been a bestseller for over a year is that it is so relatable. Everybody needs more laughter in their lives, so buy it for yourself or for a friend that is going through a hard time. The Book of Failures is available at some Barnes & Noble stores and on Amazon as a paperback or ebook, or you can listen to the audio version. The Book of Failures by Amy Lyle. Go and get it, but not right now, because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a return guest who is absolutely the bomb. The man is a writing fool. I tell you, I thought I was doing good at 17, 18 books. This man's got me beat. Author Robbie Cox is going to bring us up to date to what he's been doing, because it's been a minute since he and I talked. He lives here in sunny Florida, where he spends his days 
and he can usually be found tucked away on his back porch with a cup of coffee while working on his latest manuscript. He has enjoyed a freelance career writing for several magazines, sharing some of his interesting viewpoints on life and those around him. While Robbie enjoys traveling with great friends and their families, most often he can be found at home grilling out and sharing a laugh with those who matter most to him. After publishing his first book in 2013, Robbie realized he is not satisfied writing in one genre. He is the author of the Warrior of the Way series, an urban fantasy that takes place along the Indian River in Florida, and several contemporary romance series such as the Rutherford series, Fangirls, and the Harper Twins, just to name a few. He also has written a paranormal romance, Come Halloween, as well as a Christmas story, Ribbons and Bows. Those were the early years. While currently finishing his Warrior of the Way series, he has enough works in progress to keep him writing for the next 15 years in all genres. And ladies and gentlemen, I am not kidding. This man has put out 26 books. Robbie, do you ever sleep, my friend? <laughs> I take naps every day, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> what, do, what I want to know, do they revive you? <laughs> They do. If, if I don't get my nap, I get grumpy. So it's it's I gotta have it. Well, well you know what's really interesting. We talk about naps as children. We fought naps. You know, we could stay up all night. We didn't nap. Now at eight o'clock, I'm ready to go to bed, and at two o'clock in the afternoon, I can barely keep my eyes open. Yeah, that's usually about the time it hits me too. About two o'clock. Uh, I just get where I, I get up early, and then you know. Seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock, and then uh, which is early for me. I know some get up earlier, and then I'm full force up until just after lunch. And then it's if I get at least a thirty minute, close my eyes, I'm good to go for the rest of the evening. I'm usually up to eleven or twelve. Now, do you find that you do your best work? And and ladies and gentlemen, when I say work, I'm it's work. For those of y'all who who want to write a book, trust me when I say, while it's passion for us and love it it is a discipline and it is work and I'm just doing it I haven't written a lick since my husband's been sick and I miss it because I was very disciplined about it Do, when when is your best time to write to work in the morning or in the evening I usually have uh two where I do really well I do really well um fresh in the morning and then usually um, after dinner, I'm good to go for two or three more hours as well. See, after dinner, I'm done. I don't even want people talking yeah. to me after dinner. Don't even look <laughs> at me. <laughs> uh, I almost always have a laptop either in my hand, on my lap or real close by me, and I'm usually typing away something. I'm, I'm one of the ones who um, I scatter type throughout the day. I'll, I'll work on this for a while, and I'll get, I'll get to where, okay, my fingers are sore, my brain is tired, and I'll go work on some of the – uh, business matters of the, of the writing side uh, and uh, catching up on social media and marketing and, and filing reports and stuff. And then in the evening, I'll, in the afternoon, I'll da- after my nap, I'll dabble a little bit more in another chapter. And I usually work two or three projects a day. No wonder you've got 26 books out. God, I love you. I, the voices in your head must drive you crazy. <laughs> I, I have a lot of fun. We've actually got, uh, it was interesting this year, um, I was part of. I was asked to be part of a Kindle Worlds um, series called Sassy Ever After. I started. I did a couple, two or three books in that. Um, the Amazon, in their infinite wisdom, decided to close uh, Kindle Worlds um, for whatever reason. I have no idea. I thought it was a great tool. Um, the readers loved it. Fans loved it. Um, so I got the rights to my books back. I rewrote them, taking the world elements out and putting my own spin on them. And uh, the third one actually launches, it releases tomorrow, uh, Mate's Touch, uh, is a third in the Destin Mate series. This is a paranormal shifter romance. It has um, shifters, witches, werewolves, um, vampires, ghosts, and it connects to two or three of my other series. Um, and one that will be releasing in January, uh, a whole world called Draven Falls, which will take place in North Carolina. Um which is a paranormal community uh, where the humans don't really know about them. So they protect themselves and police themselves and govern themselves. And there'll be a whole lot of folklore mythology brought into it. A lot of witchcraft um, and witchiness brought out a lot of snark. All of my books have snark in them. 
and uh, it, it, we're really excited about the the paranormal venture that we're digging into, and it's 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 uh, exciting. We've been sharing it. I got a readers group on uh, Facebook called Robbie's Rascals. We've been sharing some clips in there. I'm taking um, I'm taking TV out of the vampires and going back to a lot of the literature and folklore of old and the old habits where they shift, but I'm also putting my own unique spin on it as well. And uh, it's going to be really interesting. My readers group has loved what I've done with the vampire so far and uh, and are looking for more. So we're excited about the paranormal world that we're building. You, ladies and gentlemen, I met this man several years ago, and he he had just published his Warrior's Way and a couple of more books. That was the first. It was Warriors, the Reaping the Harvest and Losing Faith, yeah. Yeah. And and it was the first yeah. event that you had come to, and the the, uh, the um, reaping the harvest was no warrior's way. That was the book that I got, and I could not put that book down. Yeah, reaping the harvest was a book. Warrior of the Way is the name of the series. Okay, whichever first book it that yeah, reaping um, the harvest is the one you read. Yeah. Yeah, I'm brain stupid, so please forgive me. But anyway, I couldn't put it <laughs> <There's>, down. <yeah. laughs> It's a lot it's of fun. That's my urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we appreciate it. It's a, it's it's taking a life of its own. I've got people emailing me all the time asking me to get the four. It's got there's two more, Loremaster and the Warrior's Blade, and then the fourth book will be coming out either. I was hoping for this fall. We'll see if that pushes through or not. If not, beginning of next year, called Summerlands, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. Elves and demons. We've gone back to a lot of the folklore from other countries and brought it here. And, and use them in the story. It's, it's it's been a blast dealing with it. Well, didn't y'all go up to North Carolina to the the setting of this series of books that you're working on now? We have driven through it. We have not visited yet, but we are planning on it. Um, it's actually uh, one of my readers told me that it, the area that I have described sounds perfect to go near a place that actually exists called Happy Valley. Happy Valley, North Carolina. So we are going to uh, make a, a, a week and, and get up there and do a lot of the exploring and everything else. I've been digging into all the books and all the research I can do here, but we have uh, we've got, we've driven through it, but we haven't stopped and explored it. But we have done a lot of North Carolina um, exploration, so it'll be it'll be fun. It's going to it's set at the base of the Appalachian Mountains, and mm. uh, there's going to be some ridges and stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be beautiful, but it's also good. It's a great environment for a paranormal world. And and when you get up there, you will also, if you talk to the locals that have been there since before God and, and research the libraries, you're going to find an awful lot of local folklore that you mm-hmm. won't find anywhere else. But in that area, I guarantee, especially if it's at the bottom yeah. of the mountains. Yeah, and that's what we're looking to bring into it. It, it, What was neat was the series that I'm the series that I'm writing now, Destined Mates, which which releases tomorrow, is built in Bull Creek, Florida. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's actually a real place right before Hollapaw, Florida, which resides between Melbourne and St. Cloud. I did not know that. I did not know that. It's a really safe place. We actually we actually spent some time there. I shared some videos with my rascals with it. And um, that that community, Bull Creek, was originally founded back at the beginning of the 1900s as a logging community to bring cypress from there to the Melbourne sawmill. And what's funny about that, because I didn't even realize it at the time when we were building the Draven Falls paranormal world up in North Carolina, was is that we were connecting it to the logging community up in North Carolina. So the two series are connected because they, the characters interact between both worlds. But um, now in the the timber industry and everything else, it's it's even more connected in reality. So that to me was was just wow. fate speaking. Yeah, and it, it, was it wasn't something you planned; it just sort of happened. Yeah, it, it fell in our lap, and it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. We spent a whole Saturday out in Bull Creek, and uh, it's quiet. We saw an otter running across the road. We watched a deer for a while. We had lunch. We found we discovered two ancient cemeteries that were mm-hmm. actually there back in the 1800s, and that are still actually being used today. There's only like maybe 15 plots in the whole place, 
but some of them are back in like the 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 lady passed away in 1895 I think and the the last time that somebody was buried there was 2015 See, it, it, cemeteries are my thing, and the older the better, because people used to laugh at me when I, they said, what do you see in a cemetery? And I say, I see history, because mm-hmm. the cemeteries talk to you. The tombstones are full of information. Yeah. Uh, Char and Sarah love to explore cemeteries, and we get dragged into them everywhere we go. And it was, it, and you do, because you can, you can tell if a disease hit the area when you see a bunch of people have died within a short span of time together or uh-huh. the lengthy amount of time or how long the, that this community has been around by the person who was first buried there and how long it's been active. I mean, you can learn a lot of the local history without ever opening a book just by traveling through a cemetery and paying attention to the tombstone. And and listening to listen to the the voices, mm-hmm. if you see a cemetery that has a lot of children that were buried in years past, it means that, like you say, something happened to kill all those children. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think yeah, it was one more fun. reason. Because cemeteries to me are are peaceful. Because we're all going to wind yeah. up in one sooner or later. <laughs> Yeah, we went through one up. Yeah, we went through a couple up in Savannah when we were visiting Savannah, and uh, ju- they're just amazing. Uh, it, I mean, people really take a lot of uh, took a lot of care back then to where they they buried their loved ones. You know, mm-hmm. you got mausoleums and huge statues and 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 uh, monuments and and tombstones and stuff like that. Nothing was done small. Did you go to Bonaventure? When you went to I think so. Yes, yes, yes. That is, you know, that that is where, and that statue has since moved. But you remember the book, in the Midnight of Garden of Good and Evil, and then it was made into a yep. movie. And then there's the statue of the young girl holding the two little bowls and the birds on either side. At one time, that statue was in Bonaventure. And then after mm-hmm. the movie was made, they took that statue and put it somewhere else to keep somebody from stealing it because people would go to that cemetery to see that statue. Oh, wow. Yeah. When we were in, when we were visiting one of the, one of the cemeteries, it may have been Bonaventure. I'm not sure, but one of the ones we visited, they had the huge cemetery and then right on the outside of the cemetery, I mean, just adjacent to it was a child's playground, uh, brand new with the, uh, the modern swing and slides and the, the, Grab the whatever they put on the ground that the kids can fall and not hurt themselves. It's like rubbery substance and everything else. And I was thinking, how awesome of a of a of analogy right there with, with death on one side of the, of the fence and and life on the other. What? Yeah. You know, it's it's it, it was just a strong uh, symbolism to me about how both are connected and separated by such a short short line. And it doesn't take much to cross over. No, it doesn't. Sadly. In the blink of an eye, in in the absolute mm. blink of an eye, in our and people um, think, well, I'm going to live to be a hundred, but in the grand scheme of things, Robbie, living to be a hundred is not that long a time. Not nowadays. No, now people are living forever nowadays. It seems. But even then, it's it's like a vapor. It, it, no matter how long we live, it's not ever going to be that long compared to the big picture. Excuse me. It's never going to be as long as we want it to be, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have to grab onto it and make every day count. <laughs> every day count. And that's why I stress, and you, the girls can tell you this, is it's, it's what's really important. You know, mm-hmm. and and we don't str- we we do everything in our power to make our home and our lives a peaceful um, existence, uh, a harmony that dwells here. We don't do any drama. We don't get involved in it. We don't get involved in any stress. Um, we we stay away from it because even though we could live to be a hundred, life is still too short, and it's too short that to is- be caught up in all of the chaos that people want to get you caught up in. And people do love not only to create chaos, but they like to, like a tornado, pull everybody up in it with them because their lives are so miserable. They want yeah, to make those, everybody else's. 
Yeah, those who love drama aren't happy unless they get everybody else involved in their drama. And, uh, and I, we just don't have time for it. I'm like you. I don't have time for it either. My life is too crowded as it is. I don't need anything well, there's else. Too much, there's too many other happy things to be doing. There's too many um, great things to be doing. We have too many goals that we want to achieve. It's like – and I don't realize that the people who, who get caught up in the drama realize what they're doing to themselves, not only their health, but – the reputation and everything else that it's just in the long run, it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's just not it worth it. So we, you know, it's social media. We just scroll past it. I don't get involved in a lot of debates or a lot of um, opinion squabbles and arguments and stuff like that. And, and nobody's ever changed anybody's mind online. Um, so I don't even try. Uh, I keep myself positive and upbeat and I want to make people laugh want to make people smile and make people feel good. And, and, and that's what the writing's about. That's what we make our life about. That's how we live our lives. And we just don't have time for any of that other drama, basically. Well, it, getting back to your health, it, it takes years off of those 100 years that, that one wants to live. Every time one stresses out, it puts stress on the heart, the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, mm-hmm. everything. And it shortens yep. what our span has been given to it. Yes. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I want every minute I can get. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm I'm very selfish. We're going to stop here for just a minute and take a break. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with the one and only author, Robbie Cox, who has put out 26 books, and he is an absolutely, not only just an amazing person, but he is an amazing author. We will be right back to talk about books and Robbie and what's coming out, what's out, and all that other good stuff. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves into the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter. You're going to kill me. Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Our horse is your new best friend. Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman. A True Montana Adventure, available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. Germany, 1938. Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. Juliana is a middle-aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband that has little interest in her well-being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron, but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com. 
Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married, but her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love. Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe. What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a Caliente Spain and a romantic Italy, adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Robbie Cox. And we're getting caught up because it's been 100 years since he and I talked. And the man has been busier than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. What I want to know, Robbie, is how in the devil do you get along with all those voices in your head because 26 books in five years and you've got yeah, more coming out? Years. Do you just fight with them all the time? <laughs> it, excuse me. It's a fight to see which one gets prominence, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just fun. It's fun just to work with them. It's fun to create and to uh, and to see different personality traits go which way. And and I know, like me, when you are writing a, a book or even a series of books, you want the the places to be authentic because you want to put your reader inside that place. How much research do you do? Number one, to get the feel of of the place, because that is very important unless you're creating a world that doesn't exist. But just like we talked about earlier, going to North Carolina, going to that city there right up above Melbourne, how important is that and how much of that do you do to make your books come alive? Uh, For me, it's very important. I, I do a lot of setting and scene in my book. I, I, I've read, I just finished a book, um, Ghostly Insights, I believe was the name of the book. And uh, it, it was a mostly a dialogue book. Fantastic author, loved the story. Um, and I'm going to read, I've already got the next book opened up on my thing, but it's all dialogue, which creates a story. Mine is more, um, I would say, 65% setting and scene and, and 35% dialogue. Um, and it, it's really important to me to get the things correct. I, I study everything that I want to talk about, I, even even to the point that when I started doing witches, like in Come Halloween and Enter the Witch and, and with my Draven Falls series, I studied a lot of books on witchcraft, and I actually had a couple of ladies who were part of the Wicca uh, religion um, write to me and, and, and say thank you for not making us like they do on TV and, and sticking to a lot of the reality of, of the situation. Um, it was how they perform and, and, and the things that they believe and what they do. And, and that to me is important. Um, sticking a lot to the folklore is important, and go, which is why the vampires in Draven Falls, I've tried to go back to a lot of the, get rid of what they created on TV and in the movies and go back to the way it was way back when, when vampires first came out. We did a lot of research as to why certain things, um, I actually got an email um, that was sent to me by Terry that, that told me uh, why some of the vampire beliefs came about as far as why they were seen to become bats or why they thought they'd slept in coffins. or And it had to do with diseases and stuff at the time. Um, of that reality that people adopted into their folklore. And, and so I, I'm taking a lot of that and bringing it back to the vampire legends and stuff like that. As far as scenes and setting. I had to go to Savannah when we wrote about Savannah. Um, we have family in Biloxi, so when I wrote Roll the Dice, the second in the Rutherford series, the streets that I mentioned are real streets. The the sections of town, which are the industrial sections and the the casino sections and the party sections, those those are actually there. Um, I may have created a couple of businesses, but the streets and the environments and the and the, uh, the way that it's built and, and everything, the way it's zoned, I stick to that as best as I can. 
for the story. And and would you agree? Because I do the same thing. I I have read too many books where I have been to the places that they describe in the books, and it's nothing like it. And it 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 sort of ruins it for me because making sure that if you're going to write about Biloxi, that people that live in Biloxi or have been through there will call you on it every single time. And it's, that it's, they will. That they will. It makes us less credible if we don't understand the place, which is just as important as the subject matter in which we're writing. It shows a lack of um, concern on the writer's part, I think, on the author's part, to uh, to not do the research, not not be diligent. It's as important as knowing your craft, you know, knowing how to structure a sentence, knowing best where your punctuation goes, knowing how to structure and stuff like that is just as important to me as it is to get the setting and the scenery and the character correct. To to not just be Ah, I want to put this street here. Well, that street would never go there because there's a river there and and, and stuff like that. So we actually do a lot of – I keep maps. Um, we visit the towns um, whenever possible. Uh, I don't think I've written about a place yet that I have not visited. Um, so we will probably visit North Carolina before we get – before the book releases. Uh, I think everything else I have written – yeah, every place I've written about we have visited and done extensive – um, walk arounds <laughs> and millions of pictures that I use for for inspiration and stuff like that, and uh, a lot of Google research, uh, map quest and stuff like that. Uh, if I say there's a distance between here and here. There's that's the right distance. So it's we even did flight. I did in one of my books. I did a he wrote, he flew from Biloxi back to Melbourne, or the Orlando airport, and I actually looked up online how long it would take and where they would go if they, you know, would they bring him straight here or, you know, how they go to Atlanta a lot of the time and then here mm-hmm. and stuff like that so I could get it actually correct in the story. And and Tim Dorsey does that. He is one of my favorite authors and he travels all over Florida and a little out of the way places that, for mm-hmm. instance, down down in the Keys, there's, there's a place called um, No Name Pub. I've been to that pub. And it, its name is No Name Pub. And it, when he described it in his book, I said, yes, that is exactly the way that pub looks. And, yes, there are deer key that come up to the door at that pub. And, yes, there are dollar bills tacked all over the interior of this little hole in the wall that will only hold 20 people at a time. But it's always busy. And it made the story so much more fun. Mhm. Yeah, and, if you especially if you've been to the places, definitely. And and when you when you read a book, I'm with you. When you read a book that's nothing but dialogue, I think that it leaves out a dimension of the book. We don't live in a one-dimensional or even a two-dimensional world. We live in a three-dimensional world. So why should our books not be three-dimensional? Our characters, our places, and our plot line should all be three-dimensional. Because when you leave out one of the dimensions on one of those three things, you've left out a part of the book. And I, I for one, don't feel like that book's complete when I read it. Right. Uh, you want to, it's a fine balance between, for me it is anyway, a fine balance between um, describing everything for the reader so they got a clear picture of what they're seeing and leaving just enough for the reader to imagine something for themselves. Uh, we, got, we were able to see, we were able to see um, Terry Brooks this June. I don't know if you know who he is or not. He's a fantasy writer. Uh, he's actually the man who, um, kick-started the fantasy genre again back in the 70s. Um, he is the reason that I started reading and writing uh, when I first got a hold of his book, The Sword of Shannara. Fantastic writer, fantastic person. He is really a very humble man and very generous man when you get to meet him. But he said the same thing. He doesn't give very detailed descriptions on some of his things because he wants the reader to pick and choose some of the stuff for themselves, to do some of the work themselves mm-hmm. and fill in some of the blanks. So it's for me, it's a balance between giving them enough that they can fill in the rest of the blanks. And and on the opposite end of the spectrum, 
I've read books where it took six paragraphs to describe a blade of grass. I know what a blade of grass looks like. I don't need <laughs> Yeah, Anne Rice is Anne Rice is famous for for lengthy descriptions. I think. I think and she's her, gotten worse. I can't even get through her yeah. books now. It's hard. I, ha- I haven't read one. I haven't. I think the uh, the last series I read was her witch series, but she has a lot of description in her books. A lot of description. So yes. uh, to me, it's a balance. You need to have a balance. Let the reader do some of the work, and you just set the stage for them so they can pick it up and go. With their own so, thing. And I've had people argue with me too because I've I've described it and they and then I'll come up and they'll tell me they'll ask me this question about a character and I'll tell them something and go, No, that's not right. He looks like this. <laughs> <laughs> so he's my character. I know what he looks like. But in their mind he's something <clears throat> else. In his mind he's all, something else. And and it's all open to interpretation. That's the beauty of a book over mm-hmm. a television show or a movie. The reader gets to pick and choose. We may write it one way because our characters are our characters and and they pop up in many shapes, forms, or fashions. And the reader may get a different perspective on that character simply because they've got a different perspective on the book itself. Mm We all bring different things to a, book, a story when we read it. We all bring our own life experiences and our own scars and our own um, preconceived notions and our own interpretations of things. So that when we, two people read things, they can get vastly different um, feelings and emotions and interpretations of a subject based on what they have brought to that reading. And, and it's amazing. It, it, that is the beauty of yeah. the written word. It's like, I tell people, it's like watching a train wreck with 10 witnesses. You're going to get 10 different stories, even though the train wrecked a certain way. You're going to get 10 different perspectives because 10 different people saw it 10 different ways. And their their perspectives are not wrong. Right. Agreed. Yes, definitely. That is too funny. That is absolutely too <laughs> funny. Now, let's talk about Next year's Space Coast event. Sadly, I didn't go, get to go to this year, and I hated it because I wanted to go so bad. But I just we hated I, you being there, but it was a great event. Oh, I know. I, the feedback I got from some of the people that um, were there, it they said it was they didn't know how it got better than the first year, but it was just it was so much. I don't guess better is the word, but bigger or more involved. It was different. Than the first year, it was and, and the this, first year rocked. I would definitely say that this this year was up a notch. I agree, it was great. And next year, it's going to be even at a different place. It is, uh, and we hate that. We we really love uh, International Palms Resort. They were great to work with. They worked with us fantastically. But um, some of the problems that we had, um, there was just there was just no intention of fixing those problems um, and they couldn't do it. So we had to look for a place that was um, more to what we could handle as far as a certain level of standard and stuff like that. And uh, uh, we're at the Radisson uh, in Cape Canaveral. It's only a 10 minute jog from IPR and uh, it's got a great view of uh, if you're on the third floor of the hotel, you can look out and see all the ships and the port and everything else. So it's got, a huge convention center beside it. Um, it's actually got a two-section uh, convention center, so we're going to be in two buildings at different times for different things. We've got we're, uh, Terry Edney does a fantastic job. Her and her team, Shar and Sarah, they have put together some fantastic things this year. We're adding um, something called the Reader Experiences, and um, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing at mine. Uh, one of the things I, I'm going to be doing is um, for, for I'll have a select group of readers there, and uh, I'm doing something called um, Shifters on Canvas, or Canvas on Shifters. Oh. I forget what the name of it is. But basically, it's uh, we're going to, with several readers, I've got someone coming in, and we're going to be paint, doing a painting with these people based off of one of my books. Wow. And diff, different authors are going to be doing different things with some of their readers. Uh, we've got someone doing sci-fi and someone doing tea and someone doing uh, just a ton of things going on. I think 
Last I heard, I think there was 12 or 15 experiences. Um, I, I eavesdrop on what's going on. Uh, my numbers may be off, but they're doing fantastic with the ideas. So all the great things from the previous years are still going to be there and even be um, tweaked a little bit um, to make them even better. And then they're adding this on top of it. So it's just like every year Terry and her team get better and better at, at what they're doing. And it's fantastic. I think we have 79 authors. Uh, which I think is the most the most uh, authors we've ever had in an event over the last two years, and uh, it's just it's just fantastic. And we had a lot of fun. We did a author mingle last year, which we're doing this year, sort of like a speed dating thing, where you sit down with three or four authors, and you get to talk to them for five or ten minutes, and then boop, you're off to another table, and you're talking to those authors <laughs> for a few minutes, and and uh, it's so it's sort of like a speed dating thing, and. Uh, They've got. Uh, they've actually built things for the thing. We had a fantastic door that looked like a book that you walked into last year with the words "Once Upon a Time" on it for their book nook, where everybody gets a free book when they show up. So it's. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun last year, and this year is going to be absolutely amazing. The hotel is fantastic. Uh, we've we've walked through it and and toured it, and uh, the rooms are great. Um, the, the environment is great. And uh, it's, it's just going to be – we're excited about it. Well, I tell you, if if things change, I intend to be there, but I'm not making any promises at this point because, like I said, I take one day at a time. I never know with my, my dear husband, and I would not leave him for anything because he just yeah, – I can totally he understand. Gets so, he gets so anxious, but I do miss the events. I miss going. I miss talking with the authors. I miss talking with the readers. I just miss miss not being mm-hmm. able to go to events anymore. So yeah. this is going to, and what people don't understand is this is a three-day event. Yes. Yes, this is a Thursday night, Friday day, all day Friday, all day Saturday. So, yeah. And people it's a big can event. buy tickets. I believe the tickets are already on sale. Um, if they go, if they look me up on, uh, if they actually, if they look up Space Coast Book Lovers on uh, Facebook and join the attendee page, they'll be able to find all the information, all the upcoming events, all the authors that are attending, and everything else. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're not from Florida, or if you're from Florida, you do not want to miss this event. If you're going to take a vacation, and we haven't told you the dates yet, but if you're if you're going to take a vacation around the dates of this event and you're going to be on the East Coast, you really need to come to this event because I'm going to tell you what, you're going to find indie authors out there at this event. Indie authors have broken <coughs> through the publishing industry with a vengeance. When I started back in 2007, that's how long I've been out there, 11 years. We were looked down on. We were laughed at. We were told you'll never sell anything. We were told all sorts of things. And a few of us said, watch us. Since that time, the community, Robbie, has it not grown exponentially. We are now a force to be reckoned with. That we we actually have, um, well, uh, thinking about the uh, recently where the lady who did the trademark on the word cocky, it was the indie authors and the RWA and stuff that actually came to fight against her and uh, mm-hmm. won, and won. Yeah. So we changed rulings and stuff like that and protected other authors who were having their work um, banned and taken down unnecessarily. And so we were able to put together a team that, that went and talked to Amazon and, and Barnes and Noble and them and, and got them settled. And, and, and it, it's not uncommon nowadays for an indie author to be banking a nice five or six figure income a year. Um, it's work. You got to do the work, but um, you can't just write a book and throw it up and expect to make a lot of money. Uh, but it, if for those who stick it out and, and dig their nose in and, and keep their their butts in the seat. Um, it's easy to make a, a good living, a good career out of this, and and have a lot of fun doing it. We have a blast. We just um, we just got back from Kansas City, uh, Missouri, at a, from an event called Show Me Your Books, and uh, it, we had a great time meeting the readers there. It's the first time we'd ever been in Kansas City. The best barbecue I've ever had was there, and uh, we um, 
had a ball at the end of the night called the 1920s ball. So we got to dress up. The girls were in their flapper out. The, dressed me up in the, the shirt and the shoes and the tie and the suspenders and everything else. And we just had a blast. I mean, it's we get to have a lot of fun, which rewards us for all the hard work that, that we put in. And we are a tight-knit community, ladies and gentlemen. We do not allow people to put us down, um, defame us, do things like with Cocky Gate. It's, it's because we've had, Robbie, is it true? We've had to work too hard to get where we are. And for someone to try to do that and get away with it. Yeah. It's the especially the people that I hang around with in the industry are fantastic. And everyone is wanting to, I've always said, if one of us succeeds, we all succeed. And, and the way that I think that happens is because we share information. We are very big on this is how you're going to make it. This worked for mm-hmm. me. You try it. See if it'll work for you. This is, and and we we're a sharing industry. We we share ideas. We share technique. We share uh, marketing strategy and business plans. And, and that's why people who are making those five and six figures a year incomes are sitting there and going, "This is how I did it. Now you can do it too." Because I was talking to a local group here a little while ago. It's like there's there we are not each other's competition. We there's no way that I can supply even at 26 titles. There's no way I can supply enough books a year to keep readers. And I have readers who read three or four books a week, if not a day, busy and entertained with literature in their hands. It's we all need to succeed at this. And, and that to me that's the best part of the indie community is they're sharing, loving, giving bunch of people and we're either all going to succeed together we're going to hang separately it's it's, it's just the way it, it well, is exactly exactly and i, I prefer exactly. to that's why this radio show was started way back when it was a five-year plan because i knew i wanted to do something and and to see this uh, diane mo number one in australia because of the show because of the ads because she's been on the show I see, and, and guests come back and say, Vaughn, I got a bump in my books when I was on your show. It makes me very happy to see that happen when y'all's appearance on this show or an ad that was run gives you a boost. It is the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah, I love when the best time I have at events, every event, other than getting to meet the readers, which is always a great time. I got to meet some of my rascals in Kansas City and stuff. That's always the best time. But outside of that, the best time that I have is when we're sitting around the bar with other authors and we're all just sharing stories and sharing strategies and and just not so much networking as just laying it all out there, putting our cards on the table and sharing things that have happened to us and what works for us and everything else. And, And to me, that's the best time at every event. Yep, right there. The it's just laid back, casual, and just yeah, just just talking shop. I could talk shop forever. Oh, me too, me too. And speaking of talking <laughs> shop, would you believe our hours almost up? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> you know we can goes, ramble. You, we can ramble. It goes by <laughs> so fast. And and I know you'll come back after the first of the year because I know you're going to have some books out by then. Definitely, definitely. Okay. What I want you to do is let the folks know the latest books that you've got out, where they can be found, and where you can be found. My latest book out actually releases tomorrow. It's called Mate's Touch. It is the third in my Dustin Mate series, a paranormal shifter romance. It is exclusive to Amazon right now. It will go wide in about 90 days. Um, it's also on Kindle Unlimited, so if you're part of the Kindle Unlimited plan, you can get it. Um, you can actually buy it tonight and have it delivered to your Kindle tomorrow. Um, and there will be more in this series, and it will connect to the series in Draven Falls. Uh, all of my other books uh, you can find at www.robbycox.net. And be, by all means, look me up on Facebook, and I'm all over social media. So just look up Robbie Cox and, and say hello. And and ladies and gentlemen, trust me when I say, if you ever pick up one of Robbie's books, you'll be hooked for life. It will be your book addiction from now on, and you <laughs> will be you. beating down his door saying, when is the next <laughs> book coming out? And the man's writing books, so it's 
not that it won't be that long. Trust me, he he can't help himself. It's an addiction. No way. Too many stories. Yeah, and and if he lives to be a hundred, he'll never get them all written. So <laughs> you're all, he's also on Facebook, ladies and gentlemen, and and his his blog is he he writes amazing things on his blog, and he also writes amazing things in um, news magazines and different areas that he writes for. And when I did a deep dive, I found out that he and I had had a lot of things in common when it comes to the end of life. And and I appreciated it because I needed that. I I really needed those two blogs this week, Robbie. It's it's been a rough few weeks. (laughs) So thank you for that. I can understand. You're welcome. So if, if, if I can get to that event, I, I'm, I want to come. I'm not going to make any commitments, so we'll, we will see what will happen. I may just have to show up as a, as a patron and just give it a ticket and say I'm come coming on. in to, 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 to buy a book or something. But ladies That's and gentlemen, it. Come if, in as a reader. There you go. If, if you're on the East Coast, oh, what's the dates? We never did give them the dates. We are the last weekend of June. I'm, I'm not sure what those dates are. I think it's the 26th, 27th, something like that. It's the very last weekend of June. Of 2019, ladies and gentlemen. 2019, so put that, yeah. Put that on your calendar. And if you're on the East Coast, up around Melbourne, Cape Canaveral, Cocoa Beach, Daytona, Orlando even, Palm City, try to come to that event because you will not be sorry. These authors are amazing. And and they love, they love interaction with readers. They just, they will hold you captive for as long as possible. Trust me. Been there. <laughs> I understand <laughs> that. Amen. So, Robbie said he would come back. He's already said he would come back. And I just want to say thank you for taking an hour out of your day because you are super busy and tell the girls I said thank you for sharing with me for an hour thank you I I appreciate it very much now ladies and gentlemen tomorrow night you are quite welcome it's my pleasure tomorrow night we have um, the end I thought ladies they will be here they're hysterical and then Friday night we have my one and only the one and only Sherry Rensler, who has just released a new book in her um, Fower series. And I'm telling you, I'm reading that book now, Robbie, and I cannot put the damn book down. It is just. Oh, very good. Sherry's a fantastic I, author. She is. And I just, I want to kill some of those characters. I just want to wring their necks. <laughs> <laughs> so join us, ladies. We're going to have a fun week. Trust me. But, you know, there's there's some things that I would say at the end of the show. And one of those things is people will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They'll forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you've made them feel. And we're all on a journey. And and sometimes that journey can be challenging at best, insane at worst. And and when you're out and about, just be kind. Just Just be kind. It doesn't cost anything to be kind. And if you want to achieve greatness, stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. Tell your children not to ask permission, to just be great because they are great. And understand this, no one can steal your dreams without your permission. Yes, it's work, but it's also a passion. And when it becomes a passion, it ceases to be work because you want to do it all the time, which is what we as indie authors do. Sadly, I'm not doing it right now because real life got in the way and I've had to put it on the back burner. But that being said, I will get back to it. I still have a radio show. That is good. Check out Robbie Cox. Check him out on Facebook. Check him out on his website and check him out on Amazon. Robbie you know the drill. You know I'm going to put this up on the Facebook page and tag you in it tomorrow. I'll put it up on our podcast and tag you in it. We are on Reverb Nation now. We are on two uh, shows on iHeartRadio. We're on Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason. We're on Off the Chain. So we are everywhere. I will send you all those links nice. as well. Congratulations so, on all your success with it, too. Hey, it's our success, my friend. It's our Thanks. success. It's it's a group thing here. <laughs> we we're Amen. gonna succeed together. I'm separately. <laughs> That's so right. With that, 
<laughs> so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you all for joining us tonight. Join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock Eastern Time here at Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Robbie Cox. Check him out. He is fantastic. So until tomorrow night, we say good night. All right, my friends, so you know the drill. I will send you all of that um, through Facebook. Thank you again. It was a way too fast of an hour. I can't wait to see what you've got coming out next. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy being on your show. Well, we will get you set up for after the first of the year because by then you'll have another 26 books out. I just can't keep up. <laughs> I can I'm hoping. <laughs> you, you'll have it. <laughs> So tell the girls I said thank you, and thank you again, my friend, and I hope you had as much fun as I did. Thank you. You too. You have a great day. Just say hello to your husband for us. I will, and I will be talking with you later to set up next year. Sounds good. Thanks, Yvonne. Okay. Good night, honey. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.